Hey, what's up, y'all? Uh, welcome back to a Monday, May 23rd, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast. Uh, apologies for the delay in uh, getting this up this morning. Uh, kind of a busy, busy night last night and a busy morning. So apologize for this pod coming out a bit later than I uh, than I would have liked. Uh, usually these go out uh, 3 a.m., uh, East Coast time, so apologize on this one coming out a little bit later, but uh, the rest of the pods this week should be back to usual in terms of when they go live on this very feed. Um, on today's show, we got Nick Stellini, newly of Sportsline, um, so great uh, great to have Nick on the podcast to talk about Major League Baseball, the Yankees have figured it out, the Orioles uh, calling up Adley Rutschman, uh, the Mets losing Max Scherzer for a little over a month. Uh, what does that mean for them? Uh, some really bad WRC plus numbers uh, in the early part of the 2022 Major League Baseball season. Uh, the Mariners optioning Jared Kalinick. Uh, what's gone wrong for him in Seattle thus far? If the Nationals, would they actually trade Juan Soto this summer? Um, and then a couple other fun Major League Baseball news and notes. But yeah, jam-packed show for you guys today uh, with Nick Stellini. So appreciate Nick for coming on this edition of the podcast. Don't forget, folks, you can uh, check out the podcast on YouTube. Oh, yeah, we're on YouTube, youtube.com. Type in the Chase Most Podcast. You'll find us there. All your full episodes, clips, uh, video content, everything that you need over there at uh, youtube.com. Type in, type in the Chase Most Podcast and get everything you need. Tweet at me at Chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. You can email this very program at uh, Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to my sports writing. Oh, yeah, I'm writing every day over there at the Substack, Sports Renaissance Man dot substack dot com. Type your email, never miss an issue. Sports Renaissance Man dot substack dot com. Um, I think that's everything. If you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and review if you have not already done so. And yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for this intro. Apologies again on the delay, guys, but hope you guys enjoy this um, with Nick and uh, more content coming to you guys this week. All right. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Sunday afternoon baseball talk here on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am now joined by Nick Stellini, new gig Nick Stellini. Is that what we're calling him these days? But I'm very excited. You, uh, you kind of you hinted at uh, what was next a couple weeks ago on the pod. But uh, tell the good folks what uh, what's next with you, man. Did you say nude gig? I thought I heard you say nude gig because that's no, not a not nude gig. That's not what it is. It's a nude <laughs> gig. Um, no, yeah, I have a a new job. I'm an editor at Sportsline, which is a mm-hmm. uh, fantasy sports and sports betting wing of CBS Sports. I'm extremely excited to be there. Um, I've been on the job for two weeks now. I'm um, mm. still learning some stuff, but I'm I'm very happy to be there. You also, I saw a crazy tweet and a couple pictures from you that just sent me man like what is up with the betting situation that you got sent your way with the black (laughs) duct tape what in the world Um, was that so the other exciting thing happening in my life right now is that i am this will be the last show you likely see me from this location i am moving into the city i'm moving into manhattan oh Um, and 
I'm moving in with a longtime friend of mine at his place. Um, his roommate just moved out, so I'm taking the spot. Um, so I'm moving in there, and part of that involves, you know, getting new furniture mm-hmm. shipped into the apartment. Um, and getting things shipped into Manhattan, I'm discovering very quickly, is an interesting pro- proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ordered a bed from a certain company, and um, part of it was just going through FedEx, so that was already a problem because FedEx is just not good lately. Um, and then it showed up like four or five days late and it showed up in like box would be a generous description. <laughs> it showed up in like, I think there was some sort of internal box. Like it was an actual box and the outside. It was just like wrapped in like this like loose piece of cardboard that had like four or five different sh- old shipping labels on it. Like mm-hmm. at first I saw like I showed up in the lobby of the building and I went down to get it. And the initial shipping label I saw was from like some woman in California. So I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I eventually found my name on it. Um, yeah, if you you can, it's on, it's, on my, it's on my Twitter timeline. You can go find it if you want to. Um, but it looked like just like it had been like held together with like a bunch of black duct tape and a lot of lots of uh, packaging tape and stuff. Um, it's just like okay, let's bring it upstairs. Um, I, and I wasn't optimistic to say the least. And then I start opening it and I was going through all the pieces and everything to make sure everything was actually there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, and I checked everything off. Everything was there, so I started assembling the bed and. Um, the way it was structured, was like there was a lot of like black metal framing with like some dark wood paneling mm-hmm. for the headboard and the footboard. The headboard was all scratched up. Um, there was like a chunk missing out of one of the edges, and I was like, "All right, I'm trying to move in in like a week. Um, let's just grin and bear it, maybe." And so I start assembling it, and then I start putting the bolts in to attach the headboard to the frame, and. I'm like screwing in one of the bolts and I'm not even like, it hasn't even gotten tight yet. I hear like grinding and like (laughs) stuff. And it's like almost poking through the front of the headboard. And that was the point where I said, okay, I'm done. (laughs) Um, So that was when I decided to say, screw it. And I called the company and I got my money back. And so I'm now in the process of trying to get another bed. Um, I'm probably going to do it from a different company. (laughs) Um, Just in terms of like, you know, expediency sake. Um, so I'm probably gonna use my money that I got back from them on different things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, that's what's going on with the move right now. Fun times. Go check out Stellini tweets. If you want to see some just wild photos of some package, I don't even know what I would do if uh, something like, like that was delivered. I wouldn't have gone to the extent that you did. I would have probably, uh, gone, uh, full Karen immediately and just been like, no, this is not happening. This is going back. <laughs> not only am I keeping this. But you're sending me another one, like, yesterday. Like, this is, yeah. we're redoing so, this so whole process. I was, like, trying to, like, you know, I, I was I was huffing pure copium at that point. I was like, mm-hmm. let, let, let me just, like, let's see if it's, like, like maybe, like, you know, the, the box got dinged up in transit and everything inside is still fine. Let me open it up and see if I can, like, assemble it. Um, yeah. Like, had, Man, had that looked like been... if I was a uh, gift wrapper, and I am not, I am a bagger. I put the little oh my God. No, the fluff I, I in the awful. bags. Yes. I am awful at wrapping presents, um, Same. Which, which, which was unfortunate because for a couple of summers I worked at Barnes and Noble, and uh-huh. there was we had a gift wrap station at the back of the store where you could get things wrapped for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always dreading, like, because the way they sent people back was like either if you weren't on the registers, you had to like you stay at the registers to do stuff. But if you were mm-hmm. working on the floor, there'd be an announcement of the PA over the front top of the store, so you know, you know, gift wrap. Somebody go to gift wrap, whatever. And mm-hmm. I was always praying that somebody else would go do it. Because, <laughs> like, just, like, sitting there, like, 
wrapping presents with like you know like someone watching me wrap this present for someone they care about yeah was the most grueling experience because like i was just not good at it and there uh-huh. were times people were just like cocking their eyebrows and be like i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> it was bad it was bad it really is and it's one of those skills that uh i just i don't have the patience for it and then my fiance is an unbelievable gift wrapper where uh-huh. we the, the christmas this year was wild because i told her i was like you're you're gonna have to wrap for both of us because we cannot have the disparity between what i'm putting together for your family and my family and friends versus like it just will look like i gave zero craps about what i was doing and it it, that's not the case it's just that i am incapable i have a special uh, set of skills and that is not one of them that's not one of my deals fine motor skills have really been my thing Mm -hmm. um Gift wrapping included. I've also, I've also like. Are you get folder. I, people, I can fold clothes fairly well. Um, okay. But um, just like gift wrapping and stuff like that, not my thing. I've also started making deals with people I date, and where I said, okay, we're going to enter in an agreement where where we just don't buy gift cards, um, hmm. because I think that's one of the biggest scams running is gift cards. Uh, huh. like, like if you want to send someone like a thank you card that's one thing that that's fine. Yeah. But like just like birthday cards and stuff like that, they cost an arm and a leg, and it's just like okay. Unless you're one of those weird people who, like, hoards all of their birthday cards or, like, whatever. Because I know some people who do that, and I, I think that's odd. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, it costs, like, what, five, six bucks at this point? And, like, you're just going, yeah. okay, thank you, and then it gets thrown in the, the recycling bin. Do you know um, what I think it is? For a lot of people, they keep them. The reason they hoard them is to flip them to somebody else later. So you don't have to get, to go buy a gift. You just use the gift card someone else got you, and you give it to somebody else. Depending on what you buy. I don't I don't mean, like, gift cards. Like, 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 um, like store credit cards. Like, I mean, like, like, you know, like birthday cards or, or stuff like that. Like, oh. like, in the Hallmark section. Like, at the, at the, at the Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, like, birthday cards. Sorry, sorry. Birthday, birthday cards. cards got you. Yeah. Birthday cards. I, I, I don't get that. Um, huh. Like, like, I think they're a total waste of money. Um, I think they're cheesy. Um, like unless you like unless you're the kind of person who gets people like dirty birthday cards, or, like really like, yeah. like like bad joke birthday cards. Like uh-huh. grown up birthday cards are fine, but the average gift birthday card you give somebody is I think it's just a waste of money and paper. Mm. Um, and so like I, I found that most people I try to like enter into that that kind of contract with like oh yes absolutely please let's do this because I think it's stupid too. I found that there's something that like most people feel deep down inside but never vocalize. Um, hmm. Because we've entered into some sort of social contract with each other. Like, we have to spend $6 on a birthday card for each other. Which I just think is ridiculous. Okay. I like it. This, this is, I, 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 I understand that I'm currently doing an episode of Seinfeld on your show, and I apologize I was going to I didn't want to say that with the New York <laughs> aspect and uh, just go full stereotype here. But that was uh, that was some Seinfeld, Larry Davian stuff right there. But I dig it. I dig it. Uh, Nick... Um, because we're just, we're stuck in, uh, the, (laughs) the Northeast at the moment. I have to, I have to start off with the team that is near and dear to your heart, the New York Yankees, who early on, we had a lot of questions. You and I talked about their off season and the choices that they made and just kind of, kind of concerned. Um, and one of the things that I wondered going into this year was, okay, one of Toronto, New York, Boston, and um, Tampa have to fall off. It, it just there's no path for the four of them to be the kind of juggernauts that we could see them being. Someone's going to have to have the season from hell. And we wondered if it was going to be the Yankees, where it was like the decisions that they made uh, going a little bit cheaper than they should have in a lot of areas. The questions at shortstop rotation, stuff like that. And no, 
it hasn't been them. It's been uh, to the to the delight of Yankee fans everywhere. It's been the Boston Red Sox who no one's hitting in uh, Boston across the board outside of Trevor Story having that three home run game. He's been brutal this year, and J.D. Martinez. That's about it. But uh, they're having the season from hell. Alternatively, the Yankees are just. They're playing great baseball. Nick, what uh, what has flipped for the Yankees at this point in the season? So it's been a lot of things. Um, I, I, I like like you said, and as listeners of the show um, know, I was pretty down on the Yankees coming in mm-hmm. to the season, um, and they've proven me wrong so far, and I, I'm quite happy to have been proven wrong. Um, they've been pretty darn good. Um, and and uh, obviously the pitching, I think, has been the backbone of the team. The pitching has just been outstanding. Um, one through five, they've been great. Um, Severino's come back from Tommy John surgery very well. Um, I, you know, Jordan Montgomery's pitched well. Jameson Tyon's been pretty decent. Um, and you know they've got their three twenty-five million dollar man, Garrett Cole, who is having a perfectly fine season. And then there's the ace of the staff, Nestor Cortez. Mm-hmm. Um, Nestor Cortez, who um, you know recently unearthed bad tweets when he was a teenager. Aside, um, has been a delight um, to watch this year. Um, I, I've said multiple times on the show that junk ballers are my favorite guys. I love watching junk ballers pitch, and Nestor Cortez is like the the you know, the platonic ideal of a junk ball pitcher. Um, hmm. The guy just throws like not, like I, I, I want to preface. I, I say this with the most um, the most love possible. He throws garbage, and it makes me so happy. Um, like like it, he's not a fastball pitcher. This is a this is a velocity you know infused world. And Nestor Cortez is out there just throwing changeups and sliders and all sorts of stuff. Mm. Um, he does not throw particularly hard. Like he's in the nineties, but he's not throwing like hard. Um, like, he he's like when you look up crafty lefty in the dictionary, um, you see a picture of Nestor Cortez and his <laughs> mustache. Um, the dude has a one point eight zero ERA right now. Um, like, and he just like baffles lineups. It's so much fun. Um, you know, you have to start thinking, I mean, yeah, it, it's May 22nd. You have to start saying, Hmm, does Nestor Cortez have a real shot at the Cy Young award? Like it's Ooh. that crazy right now. Um, it has been so much fun. And then on top of that, their bullpen has been just disgusting. Um, Clay Holmes might be the best reliever in baseball right now. Um, hmm. and it seems like the Yankees have a guy with that claim every year. Last year was Jonathan Loisica, who's having a good year, not great year. Loisica has been a little up and down. Um, but Clay Holmes might be the best reliever in baseball right now. If you look at the, uh, these, the, uh, baseball savant leaderboards, you just go to like, uh, statistics and you go to pitching for the year 2022. He's at the top of the leaderboard all right across. Um, it is disgusting. Um, you know, it, it, that's just how it is right now, man. Like it is so good. Um, and then the team is hitting. Aaron Judge is, you know, every single day he goes out there and says the Yankees screw you for not paying me my money. Mm. Um, and he's, you know, driving up his price. Him and John Carlos Stanton have been playing great. Um, DJ LeMahieu is now hitting again after the uh, injury he was playing through last year. He's back and healthy and playing very well. Um, we talked about the shortstop situation. Um, Isaiah kind of for Lefa, you know, he still has an OPS under 700, I think. Um, mm. But that being said, he's hitting for average, which, you know, if you're not going to hit for power, at least hit for average. And he's playing a pretty decent shortstop. Um, so that'll do. Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty good. Rizzo's hitting well as well. So um, I think the Yankees actually can only improve. Um, I, I think that there's definitely 
underperformers still on the roster who um, you would hope will be a little bit better. Um, they just got some bad news today that Chad Green's getting Tommy John surgery. Mm. Um, but they have the bullpen depth to absorb that. Michael King has been amazing. Um, so they have the depth to, to absorb that. You know, you want to get more out of Joey Gallo. Um, you want to get literally anything out of the catcher position, which they still really have not done on days when Kyle Higashioka is starting, which is most days. Mm-hmm. Jose Trevino has actually been a pretty good backup catcher. There are a lot of people who think he should be the starter. Um, I would not complain about that. Um, you know, he's not hitting the cover off the ball. He's you know, you look at the numbers; it's not great. Um, but who has a good just... catcher anymore? I mean, the Astros are raking, and they have just a, a non-starter at catcher. Right. It's just. It just seems like to be good, you actually don't need a catcher. Right. You need to be bad. Right. Exactly, catch. exactly. Um, so you maybe you, you see Wilson Contreras in a Yankees mm-hmm. uniform uh, after the trade deadline. I would not be surprised by that. I think that'd be a very hmm. shrewd move. Um, that or they address center field because Aaron Hicks has been not really good at all, um, and a everyday presence out there, um, especially since Joey Gallo has been very up and down. Too mm-hmm. like like. The baseline Joey Gallo is never really, really pretty to look at on a day in day out basis, but the, the stats overall look decent. Um, it just has not been great, um, so they could probably use a spare outfielder at some point too. Um, but overall, this is a very, 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 very good team. Um, they should contend for the pennant, if not the World Series. Um, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised. Well, you missed out on Justin Upton. He just got picked up uh, off waivers by the Mariners. Oh, did he? So that fourth outfielder. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh not an option for you guys anymore uh-huh. um but yeah we'll see what happens with the yankees i am i am like you pleasantly surprised by what they've done to start off this season um the orioles on the flip side haven't been atrocious they're not in Cincinnati no. reds territory they're uh, no they're bad I, but they're I, not I, I, awful i am starting to become a baltimore orioles enthusiast in like the okay. most like morbid fashion possible um Bruce Zimmerman is good at baseball. Let's mm. talk about Bruce Zimmerman. Um, yes. This dude's been great. And I've been cautioned um, by an Orioles fan to, like, okay, like, don't buy into this. Like, you, like you, you don't don't fall for it. Um, mm. But so far, Bruce Zimmerman has been pitching his butt off, and I'm very happy about that. Um, that's been fun. Like, there was a game he against, pitched against the Yankees, and it looked really good. Um, you know, like, they've got, you know, uh, Jorge Mateo has, like, started playing baseball. Um, which is really cool. Um, Trey Mancini is back and been doing Trey Mancini things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team. Um, it's not a good team, but um, like it's not like embarrassing mm-hmm. as, as much as it used to be. It's still embarrassing to be clear because this could have been an eighty-five win team this year if they had invested in them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Anthony Santander is is hitting really well. He's got a one thirty-one WRC plus. Um, I, I am into some of these guys. I think um, they've got the makings of a good team here. Um, will that good team ever actually come to fruition? Probably not. But, you know, um, there's there's been a little bit of something here to watch, at least. Yeah, and one of those somethings is Adley Rutschman is now a major leaguer. Uh, this is this is cool. Um, this is one of those really cool it's about moments. about damn time. About damn time, but he's here, and... What my question to you? What do you think the the Orioles are getting? What excites you most if you're an Orioles fan about Adley getting called up this season? Um, I think what you're excited about is that you know there is I, I don't know a glimmer of hope. Um, like this guy should have been up a year ago, if not earlier. Um, and the fact that he's only coming up now, like in a way, is like kind of a little bit of a slap in the face. Um, but he's finally here. Let's let's actually play some damn baseball now. Um, 
I wonder if he's up a year ago if the thing did if the CBA and everything did not change. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I think because it seems like so many people opened up this year that I wonder if he would have been up last year if the events from this winter happened last year. Um, maybe maybe not. But like, yeah, I don't like he's he's been ready for so long, isn't he? He's he's been ready. Um, like. Yeah, he probably needed more some time in the minors after he got drafted. Mm-hmm. But like, you probably could have stuck him in the majors like immediately after he got drafted, and he would have like embarrassed himself. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's how good he was in college. Um, like his numbers from AAA last year were or were just silly. He hit <laughs> yeah. three three twelve, four hundred five, four ninety last year AAA. Um, a little slow. His numbers in the minors this year, like you can't really look at them a whole lot because he was like recovering from an injury. Uh, but he's still like the couple games he played in A ball and Double A was he coming back up from from the injury on his rehab were like just silly and then he got into how many games twelve games of Triple A before he came up and like he didn't hit for a whole lot of average but he, he just hit the tar out of the ball mm-hmm. um, so what you're getting in Adley Rushman is a contender for if not immediately probably not immediately but within the next year or two the best catcher best catcher in baseball. Um, is that on his, both sides, like as a defender yes. and a hitter? Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Like I don't think he's going to be like you know Mike Zanino on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the balance of his quality enough defense and his good bat that that together enough is going to make him like enough to like challenge for the title of best catcher in baseball. Um, like he is stupidly good. Um, the What's the biggest reason... difference between him and Matt Weeders? Um, <laughs> um, so so. Um, Adley Rushman's name does not yet provoke fight or flight instincts in Orioles fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so but he's got that going for him, which is nice. Um, I mean, he's also a switch hitter, which is cool. Yeah. Was Beatus a switch hitter? Goodness, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, somebody in the comments will prove us wrong in the yellow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like, I think Rushman is about as complete a baseball player as you could become right now. Um, and I mean, he's not going to steal bases because he's a catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't all be Jason Kendall, but um, <laughs> what's his favorite be... skill set of, of it? Like, what is your favorite skill set of his? Of Rushman's? I mean, so yeah. I literally have not watched a whole ton of mm-hmm. tape on Rushman. Um, I I like that he's a you know impact hitter from the catcher position. That that is a mm-hmm. rare thing in baseball. It affords you options just somewhere else um, because you can you have offense position. You don't only get offense from, which means you can. Mm-hmm spill things up elsewhere. Um, I think he should be a, a decent enough defender that you can, you know, you're not going to, like, cringe when he's back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is a, an organizational cornerstone. This is, the, this is the guy you build your team around if all goes well. Um, um, like, like, comps can be such a cruel thing because like, you put mm-hmm. a comp on a guy and, like, every, everybody hears that name is like, oh, my God, if he's not this guy, it's, 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 he's a bust. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but, like, you could be looking at your own Buster Posey here, is what, you're, what I'm saying. Um, and Buster Posey is a slam dunk Hall of Famer. So that's the talent that Rushman has. Whether or not that talent actually, you know, sticks and becomes a long-standing thing is another thing entirely, because as we know, prospects will break your heart. Prospects are, are just, you know, just that. Prospects are not actually, mm-hmm. you know, guaranteed things. They're lottery tickets in a way. Because um, he can come up and all of a sudden see major league change, curveballs and sliders and be like, oh, what the hell is that? Um, and then you're, then you're in trouble. Um, so if all goes well, he's a organizational cornerstone. Yeah. It's the Christian Pache thing. I remember Braves fans and just the, (laughs) 
the Andrew Jones comps and just the expectations right. there because the defense was there and it it was like okay if he figures out the hitting because it it's all raw but man Andrew 2.0 and I was like uh, I mean probably not like the <laughs> probably not Andrew is a borderline Hall of Famer but um we it's just you can I'm a big believer in that when you strike gold in the prospect market early on in your rebuild that's when I'm like all right let's get out of this business because it's already hard enough to get like two to like one two cornerstones and develop them and then become what you thought that they could be and you're like okay well we got acuna we developed acuna we developed austin riley all right let's get out of this business because the odds of us continuing to hit home runs on these prospects and drew waters becoming a great player and langrands and Contreras, and you just go up and down the list that like i don't know man like that's when you get out of it so i wonder with the orioles if rutchman and who is the what's the the arm the that they still uh, have? Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson, Grayson Rodriguez. Rodriguez, yeah. Um, and, and DL Hall. And DL yes. Hall. So once those guys are up, then I wonder where they go. If they start, <laughs> it is the Orioles. So we'll see if uh, they become a little bit more. Well, active. so that that really depends on what ownership uh, decides they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because the whole point of you know, like, so again, this. My, my great example of this is always the Cubs. Um, hmm. The Cubs did a phenomenal job of building and drafting and um, acquiring great minor league talent. Um, but the Cubs would not have won the World Series if they didn't sign John Lester. The mm-hmm. Cubs would not have won the World Series if they didn't go out and get Ben Zobrist. Um, Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta. I mean, Jake Arrieta was a reclamation project a trade, but, but the point remains. Like You have yeah. to like bring in established guys from outside. You can't just like say, oh, we have our prospects now. Let's go with 85 games and maybe we'll get to the World Series. Right. Um, like you actually have to like you know try, which is a very difficult thing for some teams to understand. Mm. Um, but um, that's where things are right now. Um, so like like I said, you know, between you know how how well um, Austin Hayes has been playing, how well Anthony Santander has been playing, uh, how well Bruce Zimmerman's been pitching, um, Jorge Lopez has looked really good in the closers role. Um, with all of that being said. And, you know, still have Ryan Mountcastle and some other guys. And, you know, like, nobody's hitting this year because nobody in the league is hitting. But, you know, they have, like, a smackle of talent here. Mm-hmm. Um, you add in Adley Rushman. You add in Grayson Rodriguez, who will be up at some point this year. Mm-hmm. God willing. I, if they if they screw him around, then I'm going to be really mad. Um, D.L. Hall should be up at some point this year. Um, you got those guys together. You, you, you bring in, you know, a couple of, you know, you know, four to five wins with a war from outside the market. Um then you got something here. This could have been like a middle of the pack team, which, you know, no, it's not necessarily a playoff team, but, you know, at some point you have to take even a single step forward. Because when yeah. you take a single step forward and you show that you're willing to at least try, then other players in the league can say, hey, look, they're at least trying. Maybe let's go to Baltimore and help them win the World Series and be legends. You know what I mean? Um, That's like, why I hope they don't to... trade Mancini and they don't trade Means and they keep some of these guys because I yeah. just – like you got a good thing but, going, and just keep keep investing. Keep the guys that are good. Keep the good vets. You don't actually just have to give vets away because you're rebuilding. You can actually keep them and uh, and keep moving forward with them. Um, like, like I, I, I would hate for their for their reaction to Rushman and Gonzalez uh, Rodriguez. I'm sorry, Rodriguez and mm-hmm. Hall coming up. And, and, and actually playing well, I would hate for their reaction to that be like, okay, let's trade Cedric Mullins this winter. Yeah. Like, that would suck. That would really suck. Um, Like, Rushman and Cedric Mullins should be, like, the core of the next good Baltimore Orioles team. Mm. Um, I have my doubts, unfortunately. 
We'll see. Uh, a lot of baseball to be played before then. Um, the Mets, who have jumped off to a great, great start in the NL East, much to my chagrin, um, they lose Max Scherzer, who took himself out of his last start, and he will now be on the DL for at least six weeks, it looks like. Um, what does losing Scherzer mean for the New York Mets in the short term, Nick? So in the short term, it's bad because you don't have Max Scherzer on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, beyond that, now that you have to start giving starts to likes of Trevor Williams and David Peterson and those guys, um, which is probably not the worst, th- probably not the best thing in the world. Um, you want to try to ideally avoid giving those guys tons of starts. Um, so I would expect them to add an arm at some point in the near future. They probably need to do that anyway, um, but now it's becoming a bit more of a you know dire thing, especially with obliques things, because like, obliques can be really tricky sometimes, and like Max is not as young as he once was. He's 37 years old now, I think. Um, and I love Max Scherzer. I want him on the field always because he's just so much fun. Um, but you need to plan for, you know, this being like a multi-month thing, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, they, they need they need pitching in a bad way. Um, I mean, looking through their pitching depth right now. Um, yeah, it, it's David Peterson. It's Adonis Medina. Um, it's, it's not great. They, they need help. Um, I think they just picked up Trevor Cahill on like a minor league deal, I think. Um, that man is so, going to be playing baseball until I, I yeah, don't even know. I'm yeah. my 40th birthday. Who knows? This yeah. man This man just keeps getting those checks. Shout out to Trevor Cahill. Um, so maybe you see Trevor Cahill take a couple starts in Queens, uh, a couple turns through rotation before he's unceremoniously shipped off again. Um, but that's what, that, that's, but that's what they're at right now. They, they, you know, they need guys to pulse who can go out there for five innings. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see how that goes. Um, it's it's not a fun place to be in. Um, they also have like Jordan Yamamoto still down there. Um, those guys. Maybe, maybe you finally see Thomas Sapaki. Um, but you know it, it's it's not great, um, especially with um, Tyler McGill uh, being hurt uh, because he was uh, Jacob Degrom's replacement, and McGill was actually throwing pretty well, and then he got hurt. Um, you don't, you don't have Taiwan Walker. Around. Here you go. Here's your moment. Well, I mean, Walker's back and healthy. So, um, yeah. so I mean, the good thing is that, you know, the guys who are still around, like Carrasco and Bassett, um, they've been playing pretty well. Bassett's been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not like they have nobody good in the rotation right now. They still have some decent arms out there. They just need to fill innings. Um, they need guys who can eat innings, if nothing else, and then hopefully you get Scherzer back at some point. Can I. Uh... Get on my old man soapbox real quick. Nick. Okay, okay. So, the Mets and the Braves have played a couple times this year, and mm-hmm. the Mets have a very good hitter who was a longtime Oakland ace. I think you know where I'm going with this. It's Mark Canna. <laughs> his windup and his approach at the plate sends me into overdrive. If I was a Mets fan, I would be losing my mind at what this man does in the batter's box over and over and over again. The fact that he's good means he gets more bats. He's at the top of the order. He's a great player, but Nick, his windup and what it takes for him to get ready in the box is uh, a travesty and I need it to go away. I need major league baseball to step in and say, Mark enough is enough. 
I can't do this anymore. Am I am I overreacting or is it way okay, so, so too over I've the top? Watched, I've watched a bunch of Mets games this, this yeah. year. Um, and Mark Canna's you know routine in the box yes. has never even impacted me enough in a way to like even know what the hell you're talking about. Okay, um, I need you the next Mets game. I want you to get a timer, kind of like Giannis and his free throw. Uh, his, his free throws. Uh, okay. Okay. It's that kind of thing where I think people need to do this in opposing stadiums when Mark gets in the box. I need everyone in the stadium to just chant one, two, and just keep going and see how long it takes for Canada to get ready pitch after pitch. I, I'm telling you, man, he's got the longest break in between pitches of any hitter I've seen in a long time. I, I, it's... It it's just wild to me. It's it's a wild thing, Nick. Uh, well, I will uh, run your complaint at the ladder to the appropriate authorities. And, Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. We'll get right on that. Um. So I was going through uh, over the weekend. Fangraphs WRC Plus. Um. They're the best hitters and worst hitters through about two months into the season. And Nick, like we've talked about in this podcast, the ball being different and hitting just being down across the board. There were going to be some some ugly ugly numbers um but man there are some surprises here and jonathan scope's not one of them but marcus simeon whit merrifield like they're alex verdugo um adam duvall who i've uh, watched a lot of this year javi baez which is a big part of the reason that uh they've the, the tigers have not had the season that they were hoping to have um what names on this list when you're going through the WRC plus where you're like thirties, forties and folks remember hundred is league average. And these are some yeah. high priced dudes who are having just the seasons from hell. What, what jumped out to you uh, going through this list? Um, so I'll give you a couple. Um, Framil Reyes was very surprising to me. Mm. Um, cause that guy is normally a monster. Um, I'm also surprised at Enrique Hernandez. Mm. Um, which I wonder if that is a bit of the uh, the ball. Um, I haven't looked at his like you know pitch type breakdowns if he's like suddenly stopped hitting sliders or whatever. Um, but I want just without looking at those those splits, I wonder if that is um, the ball dying on him. Um, Tyler O'Neill is very surprising to me. He was great last year. He's decidedly not great right now. Um, but Trent Grisham, man. Trent Grisham, mm-hmm. um, at 146, is that, at 146, he is hitting. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, like, so Grisham was never, like, a super high average hitter to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 251, 242 last couple of years. But 146, that is unsightly. Um, he is supposed to be um, the uh, the uh, spark plug for the Padres offense. Like, his whole deal was that he was going to be bat laid off. Um, hit, a, hit a home run every now and then, but mostly just get on base. And um, then everybody would find him would hit him in. He has a 146 batting average, a 255 OBP. That is ugly. Um, he is roughly 50 points below league average on offense right now. Um, like, I was watching the Padres the other day. I was like, you saw he's batting ninth. I was like, why is Trent Gresham batting ninth? That's weird. <laughs> um, and then I looked up his numbers. like, oh, that's why he's batting ninth. Um yeah, that's not good. That that is not good. I uh I wonder, man. Like it's just it's funny where you look at this list and you're like, okay, that's why the Tigers are bad. That's why the Royals are not having the great year that they're looking for. That's why the Red Sox are having the season from hell. Um a lot of Boston guys on this list, um, which is not great. But um is this it for Nelson Cruz? Is this it? Oh, man, I hope not. Uh, that'd be upsetting. Is it just the stink uh, of being in Washington? I mean, Carter Kaiboom just went down with Tommy John. Um, what 
uh, let's just get him out of there. Get him out of the rebuilding situation. Yeah, let's hope uh, this isn't it. I, I, I am very much in the free Nelson Cruz um, movement. Um, his walk rate's actually up this year. He's striking out less. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if part of this is just, you know, the ball. Part of this is being stuck in a crappy team with nobody to protect him. Yeah. Um, and maybe I, I, he is 41 years old, man. I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, if, I was, if, I, if I was an enterprising general manager in need of a tiny boost for my offense... Yeah. I'd be willing to take a flyer on Nelson Cruz, see if he, you know, putting him in a, a good park with a good lineup around him would help him a little bit. Um, but this might just be it, which is really upsetting um, because I, in my head there was part of that wanted Nelson Cruz to play until he was 50. Um, yeah. But uh, Father Time's undefeated. Yeah. Um, great pod, effectively wild. Meg and uh, Ben Lindbergh were talking about this uh, when I was uh, fishing over the weekend. I was listening and... Uh, they were talking about this Boston situation and Nelson Cruz, and they didn't really have an answer either because they were talking about the diversity plus and uh, it being a Fangrass podcast and all that kind of stuff. And uh, listen to hear their perspectives on it. But I don't know. One name I don't think they talked about that I wanted to ask you. It's just so the Rockies had this great start, and obviously that was not to not to be that was not uh, long term. But they get Chris Bryant back. It looks like um, which should help. But uh, CJ Crone. Uh, who should have been a Rocky for the last 20 years. I don't know what he was thinking <laughs> because that man was always going to rake in Colorado. And I don't understand why he's not just signing one-year deal after one-year deal in Colorado. That's what I would do if I was CJ Krim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he would hit until he's 54 uh, <laughs> because that is the part for him. So shout out to CJ Krim for raking in cores. But who's not raking in cores was Brendan Rogers, who yeah. highly rated prospect, been in the yeah. game for a while now. And I wonder, do you think it's just, it's not going to happen? Do we have a Dansby-Swanson scenario with uh, Brendan Rodgers? Um, that's a good question. So last year, over the course of 102 games, he was exactly league average on offense, um, which, you know, it's so funny. Last year's 100 WRC+, plus, which is this year's WRC+, plus 100. Like last year, he hit 284, 328, 470. Mm-hmm. Um, good slash line, but low in the OVP, which is why he was only average. But, like, he hit 284, he slugged 470. Like, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, now it's different. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go over to the splits tab. Um, and we're going to diagnose Mr. Rogers here. Um, let's see. So last year against fastballs, he hit 377. This year, 261. Hmm. Last year with sliders, 286. This year, 160. Ooh. Uh, last year on changeups, 149. This year, 214. Uh, curves, 278. Uh, curves this year, 333. So it's the slider. It looks like he's not hitting the slider anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, but again, this is small sample size. It's, it's you know end of May. Uh, but he's stopped hitting sliders. Um, let's see. He is striking out slightly more. Walk rate is actually up a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Babbitt has gone down, which is to be expected with this sort of thing. Um, huh. That's interesting. So, w- w- without looking at tape or anything, or looking at if he changes swing or something like that, um, mm. because full, full disclosure, I've not watched all of the Rockies. Even if I had, I would not know, know enough to say, oh, look, Brendan Rodgers changed his swing. So I would not mm-hmm. be able to, to uh, eye test that. Um, it looks like he stopped hitting sliders, which is interesting. 
Um, and I also think he's sucking for power, obviously, because uh, last year he slugged 470. This year it's 345. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would hazard a guess it was a combination of the uh, the dead ball and the uh, the fact that he suddenly stopped hitting sliders. Um, how do you fix that? I'm not a professional hitting coach, so I can't tell you. Um, but uh, that's not great. Um, no. I will say that there's always been um, in among certain prospect evaluators, at least outside of the, you know, the 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 independent evaluators that I know, um, mm-hmm. there's always been some trepidation about his ability to actually hit at the major league level. Um, so maybe that's happening. Um, but yeah. We'll see. I hope it turns around for him, um, and the Rod, uh, the Rockies do need him uh, to turn around there. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, someone else who needs to turn around uh, their young career, it's up there in the Northwest, unfortunately. The Seattle Mariners, who are having just well, another rough year uh, for Seattle, unfortunately, um, where I think they're now behind the Rangers in the standings as of uh, the Sunday afternoon. But Jared Klinik... Um, your old friend up there in the Northeast from the Mets organization, which feels like forever ago. Um, what uh, what do you make of him getting option to AAA uh, today? Is this it, he has not hit obviously well at all? But what uh, what does this mean for the Mariners in clinic? I think it's probably the right thing to do just for his sake. Um, he is clearly not doing well um, in the majors. He's hitting one forty in the major leagues. Yeah. Um, it, it, sometimes you just got to do it. Um, I don't begrudge the Mariners for putting on the opening day roster. I mean, he didn't clear the Mendoza line last year when he was up, but, you know, he was still getting major league at-bats, which is good for his development. Um, and so I don't begrudge them putting him on the major league roster to start the season, but obviously when that doesn't work out, you got to send him down. Because um, clearly he has stuff to work on, um, and it's easier to work on those things when you're getting everyday at-bats rather than just, you know, coming off the bench every once in a while. Um, because you need to, like, get at-bats and, and work on adjustments and stuff. Um, this, this, this sort of thing happens. Um, it's important to remember that I believe Jared Kelnick is actually younger than Juan Soto, I think. Um, hold on. Um, but the point is, he's still very young. He's 22 years old. Um, so, okay, so Juan Soto, Juan Soto is older than him, but there's some big prospect who was struggling who just got sent down, sort of thing. Mm. Oh yeah, he is younger than Juan Soto. What am I talking about? He's younger than Juan Soto. Um, so, yeah, he's younger than Juan Soto. He's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is not the end of the line. He still has yeah. plenty of time to make adjustments and 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 work on things and get better. Um, he's he's fabulously young. Um, getting sent down in your age 22 season is not the end of the world. Um, is some of the shine off of him? Yeah, of course. Um, but that's that's always what's going to happen in these situations. Um, that's not to say that Jared Kelnick's major league career is kaput. Um, he's never going to hit. Whatever. Um, there's still plenty of time. Um, that being said, Seattle clearly needs to do something to get you know a fire under their asses and start playing better baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, this uh, development is not linear. It doesn't always look pretty. Um, I'm not out on Jared Kelnick. I'm not. I don't think he's. You know, my 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 future expectations might be slightly decreased, but that doesn't mean it's gonna be bad either. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is just how it works sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, if you had to guess, who figures it out? Uh, who has a better chance of figuring it out, Joe Adele or 
Kalanick. Who do you think? Um, so I proposed to somebody um, the other day. A I trade between a them? <laughs> a, cha- a chaotic evil uh, Kalanick for Adele trade. Um, oh, no. Um, and I think I... I think I probably still take Kelnick, um, mm. because like there were like serious concerns about Adele's bat at times in the minor leagues, like and like not nearly to the degree that there ever was about Kelnick's bat. Um, so I, I probably take Kelnick right now, but like mm. there's still a chance both these guys are good players like this time next year. Um, Do you think it requires them getting out of their organization where they're just going to need a fresh start? So so that that's always so hard to say. Um, Like there are definitely Mm -hmm. some times where like you see a guy like okay like this guy clearly just changed the scenery. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not well versed enough in either of these guys to like definitely say like you know like they need to change the scenery. Mm -hmm. Um, I I will say that you know being in the same organization as Mike Trout is you know can be a little rough sometimes if you're an outfielder, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with with Brandon Marsh coming up and playing and playing fairly well too. Um, so that might be a bit disheartening for Adele, but um, I don't know. Um, sometimes trades do good things for these guys. Um, we'll see. I mean, if I'm a general manager and one of them calls me up and says, hey, um, do you want Adele or Kalanick? Like, at first, you would be like, okay, why are you willing to get this guy up? What, what aren't you telling me? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's why you have your own internal evaluators and stuff uh, to cross-reference that sort of thing. Um I, right now, probably give me Kalnick, but I, I'm not at all confident in that. Why are the Astros the only ones who can develop outfielders? Because you have Pache out there in Oakland. You got, uh, like, it's just a lot of talent, a lot of young talent in the AL West um, in the outfield, but they're just, uh, they're not hitting yet. They're not, they're not there. And then well, Houston even Kyle Tucker, got like, it. Like, Kyle, Kyle Tucker didn't come up and immediately, like, light the world on fire. Like, people don't remember that. Um, like, Tucker was, oh, he was like when he came to 2018. He was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, 28 games of just not being good. Um, 2019, he was decent, um, and he really didn't really become Kyle Tucker until last year. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was hitting well, but he wasn't like playing. Was actually let's say 2020 because he he had pretty good stretch in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like he was okay in 2019, um, and then 2020s we really took him onto his own. But like he that took two seasons. Um, so these things are not, again, these things are not necessarily linear. They're not always immediately cool. It's, it's, you know, you're, you, you are not forever marked by your first taste of the major leagues. Like, I don't know, Mike Trout's first taste of the major leagues, I think he hit like barely 200 or just above, just above 200, uh-huh. um, in 2011. And then he came up in 2012 and he was Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, these things take time sometimes. Yeah. Let's hope because it's better when these young guys blossom and baseball's better when they, they all blossom. So we'll see what happens there. Um, speaking of Juan Soto, you mentioned him a little bit ago. I, uh, I'm curious because the nationals obviously haven't like, I think we just expected coming into the year that they would have a fire sale this summer. And that's why you sign a Nelson Cruz. That's why you do what you're, that's kind of like why they're in the situation that they're in. And I mean, there's no path. Uh, they, I'm not going to condemn the, what the nationals have done and the, the current state of affairs in DC because they want to ring and, they spend a lot of money and what makes me cautious I think you and I have talked about this where the Lerner family is one of baseball's better ownership groups and if they sell and they're going through this rebuild yeah. that's a huge bummer and I'm concerned about who steps in to fill that void in DC because I, I just think 
uh, based on the current state of affairs uh, amongst billionaires, uh, getting back-to-back positive um, ownership groups in a major league city is a scary proposition, but I mean, that's still TBD uh, in DC, but Juan Soto, who did not agree to a new contract, they did what happened there. It's so interesting because you never know what a player wants or what a player's thinking or where a player sees his value or what his plans are. It's just him and his agent and his inner circle. And you never know how those kind of things are going to go. If they take a friendlier deal because, hey, it's still a lot of money. I can re-enter free agency in my prime at 30, 31, sign for a bunch of money now. And that's kind of what Acuna did, where Acuna will be a free agent in his early 30s and will be able to cash in for the Mike Trout type deal if he keeps doing what he's doing. So, yes, it was a humongous bargain in Atlanta, and I don't like that Albies and Acuna both took uh, very, very team-friendly deals um, to to help this ownership group. But he... There, it, Acuna is still in a good position to cash in later, and it's still a lot of money uh, for him. But it's it's curious because once it was clear that Soto was not going to sign what was a pretty lucrative contract offer from DC, you were like, oh, is this something we have to monitor where it's like, if you're Juan Soto, do you want to stick around for this rebuild? Do you want to stick around for this uncertainty in the ownership group? Do you want to stick around where it's like, there might be a fire sale, man. You might be the le- last man standing uh and a bit like with a team that's just not going to be going anywhere anytime soon like the the farm systems and shambles like it's just going to be a painful painful rebuild in the nation's capital do you think there's a possibility that the the nationals entertain juan soto offers this summer i'm sure they'll get calls um my thing with trading juan soto is like the same conversation we used to have about trading mike trout yeah. Um, right. Right when, like, right when the Eagles stopped winning, um, oh, they got to trade. They got to trade Trout. Um, my response to that was always, "The actors trading for Mike Trout turns you into the Angels, um, mm. where you have nothing except for Mike Trout." Um, and now, and and you're back to square one. Um, hmm. that's exactly what trading for Juan Soto would do to a team, um, because there there is no package out there that you can put together for for Juan Soto, um that does not completely hamstring your team for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Um, he is that good, that young, um, that cheap. Um, like, they're, 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 it, the, the cost is almost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is just, it, un, like, whatever you think a fair, equitable deal for Juan Soto is, double it. That's probably where, where, where it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, does Mike Rizzo want to be the guy who says I traded my I traded Juan Soto? Because mm. um, like again, Juan Soto is twenty three years old. Like like you could still like you know draft well, trade well, and all of a sudden you're like a decent team again in three or four years when Juan Soto will be twenty six or twenty seven, mm. um, and you still have prime Juan Soto to bolster whatever other stuff you just added to your team. Um, do you really want to be the guy who traded Juan Soto? I wouldn't want to be that guy. Um, and do I want to be the guy who traded literally my entire farm system plus two or three guys at the major league roster for Juan Soto? I don't want to do that because my mm. team sucks with Juan Soto. Um, like, it, it, like you have to be willing to say, 
like you have to be a team that like the Dodgers, who are like you you are ready to win the World Series right this second, and mm. you have all the prospect capital in the world on your farm system. Just, you could just ship it all out, win the World Series this year, and be done. Like yeah. that is what you have to be able to do. Um, Padres maybe. Like, like, no, like the Padres' farm system is not that good anymore. They, they spent most of their guys. They spent most of their guys. Um, like, it, it would have to be, like, exactly the Dodgers, I think. And mm-hmm. the Dodgers could keep winning for the next decade, or they could trade for Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, and then pay trade. But then you have to pay him. I, I don't know. Like, the Dodgers, they don't do stuff like that, really. That's just not how Friedman's ever really operated. Right, but I'm saying that, that those people with the capability to do it. Um, yeah. Because... Like again, they'd have to pay him, and then have to pay Trey Turner, um, and so yeah. Now you've got the 2019 Nationals, basically, mm-hmm. um, where where you have Soto and Turner and a bunch of old guys. Um, so Are we sure the Tigers shouldn't just say this rebuild's not going well. Like whatever you want. Like so, I, I, we're, so we're done Tigers, with this. So the Tigers could have done it three months ago. They can't do it now. Sure. Um, because Spencer Torkelson has been very bad. Yeah. Um, if if we didn't know, like like. If Spencer Torkelson did not have any major league stats, you could probably mm-hmm. do it, um, even with Riley Green being hurt. Um, but you'd have to do like three more things on top of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, and then again, you're severely hamstringing your future in the name of. But what future team. right now? If you're Detroit, you're like it's been a decade. It's not gone well. Are we sure right, this but, rebuild's going to work? But I'm much more confident in that with like some pitching and Riley Green and some other guys than I am with like just Juan Soto. And then I have to spend to go get the other guys. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like it's tough. It's really. Tough. I just think the cost is so prohibitive. I think the fear of being the guy who traded away Juan Soto, watch him win three rings somewhere else, um, while you maybe win eighty nine games four years in a row and do nothing else, um, mm. like it, it just it's not worth it, man. It's not worth it. That's fair. Um, couple quick things as we wrap up here on the Sunday afternoon edition of the podcast, Nick. Um, who's been your favorite team to watch of late? I'm just curious who, who um, enjoyed so- watching. I, I mentioned earlier in the, in the broadcast, um, I watch a lot of the Mets, um, mm. I, just because like the best word I can describe for it is just, like it's comfy. Um, mm. um, they're on, they're on in, at a reasonable hour for me on the East Coast. Um, mm. They're on my cable package, so I get to watch them. Um, so I can just log into the SNY app on my ta- my tablet and fire mm. that up while I'm doing work. Um, obviously, I watch the, a lot of the Yankees too, um, but outside of that, like just I watch a lot of Mets games, and it's very comfy. Um, I know the players well. I know the team well. The broadcast is just such a joy to listen to. I think the SNY booth is by far, by far the best broadcast in the league. Um, I watch a lot of the Mets. They're fun, um, hmm. and I like the I like the broadcasters. Hmm. I I can't join you as an Atlanta guy. That's just not <laughs> that's not going to happen with the. Uh, I don't know if you saw twenty twenty one right. There. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. People forget. Um, We'll end on this, Nick. Was there a stat that you came across on Twitter.com or in a piece that you read that you saw in the past week that uh, you really love in Major League yes. Baseball? Yes, so it's the entire percentile rankings box on Nestor Cortez's Baseball Savant page. Okay. Um, it's a lot of red and then a four in the basketball velocity category, um, which just You love Nestor, Cor- Nestor he's, Cortez. He's so much fun. He's so much fun, man. Um, you know, like 95th percentile XERA. Uh, 90th percentile, X slugging, 67th percentile, uh, walk rate, 90th percentile, strikeout rate, uh, 71st percentile, fastball spin, 4th percentile, fastball velocity. It's a beautiful Mm. thing. Get on the bandwagon. It's happening. 
Okay, I like it. I like it. Nick, what can the good folks check out from you this week across Sportsline and anywhere else? Um, so I'm not really writing a whole lot right now. I'm editing. Um, mm. But obviously, if you are a uh, gambling person or a fantasy sports person, a DFS person, um, Sportsline's got a lot of great stuff. We've got this really cool internal system that simulates every game 10,000 times, and then we run it against uh, the Caesars odds and uh, tell you whether or not the odds are good or not. Um We've got a lot of cool experts picking stuff, whether it's, you know, soccer, baseball, uh, the ponies, golf, all that stuff. Um, so if you are a uh, person who is into shelling out cash on bets that will never ever cash because you hate yourself, or you're really good at it, or you're really, really good at it, check out sportsline.com. Um, obviously, you shouldn't hate yourself. Gamble responsibly. Um, yeah, that's what we do. We, uh, we've got a really cool system. I think it's a really neat thing. Um, our experts have a really great record, too, so... Um, rather than just you know going into your app and saying hmm, that number seems nice, run it against what we're saying. We'll probably help you out more than than that. Um, yeah, check there you out go. Sports Line. Do that. Well, congrats again, sir. Uh, I'm happy for you. Hope this is uh, a good thing for you, man. And um, yeah, and go watch Tennessee baseball. Like for the folks, uh, we're we're in Hoover this week. Number one overall seed in nice. the SEC tournament. The best team doesn't ever win uh, in the College World Series, unfortunately. So they have not won since like '99. Miami won as the number one overall seed, but yeah, it's uh, it's. I, I feel a little weird. Uh, I cannot pivot all my attention to Braves country and Major League Baseball until Tennessee wraps up because we're just we're too good, man. The Dingers, like the we're just Dinger Central here in East Tennessee, Nick. Like it's just. Uh, College baseball is very different to watch than Major League Baseball. If you want to, it is. It it's is. a very weird thing to transition to a Braves game from a Tennessee baseball game. It's very strange, but different in good ways. Um, Nick Salini, thank you so much, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. All right, that's a wrap on this edition of the Chase Most Podcast, the Monday, May twenty third, twenty twenty two edition of the Chase Most Podcast. Uh, thank you again to Nick for coming on today's show. Uh, make sure uh, you go follow Nick and keep up with his work over on his Twitter page and Sportsline and everywhere else. Uh, make sure you go check out our YouTube page, youtube.com, type in the Chase Most Podcast. You'll find us there, all kinds of great stuff. So go ahead and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That'd be great. Uh, email this program at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at me at chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer uh visit the hq chase uh let's see uh read my written work yeah uh you can go check all that out at sports renaissance man.substack.com type your email and never miss any of my written content wrote a new piece over the weekend that uh, you guys should check out if you feel so inclined um new episodes coming out uh this week every day so yeah big week ahead i appreciate it her usual guys and I will talk to you all very soon Uncle Derek how'd I do nicely done nephew Chase Thomas podcast hell yeah